Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Thank you guys for worshiping with us this morning. Um, we appreciate you all for your faithfulness and just being dedicated to be here. There are a few folks that we want to recognize today before we get into the word, um, just because their presence among us is a joy, uh, and we are excited to be able to, to have them with us. And so uh, Steve and Kim Prochelle are with us from Kingdom Alliance Ministries. Uh, many of you know they have uh, been instrumental in uh, building churches in Peru, uh, of which we are a big supporter of, you know, uh, here the last few years trying to raise as much as we can for them. Uh, and so uh, we uh, have the funds to, to build uh, another church that hopefully will be available um, when they go to the next trip. But we're trying to raise money so that we can have two that can go on that trip. And so we're thankful for uh, your faithfulness in doing that. I'm going to give uh, Steve a chance just to just say a few words. Uh, he's celebrating, the camera's celebrating uh, the birth of a new grandchild, uh, and so they're here uh, on a special visit. They're, we, they're coming in August as well, and we've, I've been telling you guys that, but they are with us today for a special visit because their daughter um, just had a baby, and so it's an exciting time of celebration for them, but Steve, do you mind just saying a few words this morning? That's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen. 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 He is good. Yeah. He is good. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. God bless you. Amen. Amen. We appreciate them. I also want to recognize two individuals that I'm not going to make speak. 
Um, but I just want to at least recognize them because they have been uh, unable to be with us uh, for a bit um, from illness and just surgeries and recovering from things. And so it's good to see John with us this morning, John Henson. So, yeah. Yeah, it's God, God bless you, brother. We're glad to see you today. And we're good to, good to see Sister Goldie behind him. Uh, she had uh, surgery on her eye, and so she's been dealing with some vision issues. But praise God, she, Loretta was texting us and telling us that she opened up her Bible and she's starting to see the words in her Bible. And so uh, what an incredible thing to see that. So can we give Goldie a round of applause for her dedication? Um, she wasn't with us in, uh, in order for us to celebrate with her, but she just had a birthday. So she is... She is thriving um, in a way that many of us could only dream of thriving. And so we're, we're thankful for her, for her tenacity, and for her and John for being with us today. Cornell wasn't with us today. He's recovering from surgery on his foot. So we can just remember Cornell in prayer uh, as well uh, to be with him. We appreciate all of our um, just veterans that are, that are uh, warriors and they're faithful. And so we appreciate you for, for being here today. Wanted to honor you in doing that. Um, <clears throat> I want to pray this morning before we get into the last chapter of our Healthy Home series. Um, we're going to be taking a break uh, for the next few weeks and kind of going through some topics that I think are important for us to be mindful of. And then in September, uh, we'll kick back off with our Healthy Relationships book. But we appreciate you for your faithfulness. Um, as Stephen mentioned, the church in uh, January that uh, is going to be built with funds that our church has supported. Uh, we uh, take all the proceeds from the books that we purchase. And we, we put those towards building churches in Peru. Now, it doesn't cover all of the, the, the money that's needed to build those churches, but it's, it helps. So your faithfulness in that and above that uh, are greatly appreciated. And so we appreciate you for being faithful with us and doing that. And we want to honor the Lord with our time today and honor him uh, with kind of bringing everything back to the full circle of going through this study together. And so would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that we have the privilege to be able to come to you, Lord, and worship you, to be able to be present today. Lord, we know that you are continuing to guide us and direct us. You're continuing to make your presence known and shine your holy light in our lives. Lord, we pray today that as we get into your word, that you would be glorified, that you would open our eyes to see it, and Lord, as we see it, that we would continue to hold on to it, to cling to it, God, because we believe that you have caused all scripture to be written for our learning. And so, Lord, help us to grow today and to be encouraged today and to hold fast to the hope that we have today of everlasting life. Lord, may you be glorified today and may you be lifted up in everything that's said and done. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we want to talk about the concept of uh, our guiding light, right? We've been going through what it looks like to have a healthy home. We've gone through many different chapters and discussed things that are pertaining to how we can connect to being a healthy church and a healthy home. But in this common thread throughout, we see uh, a factor that needs to be present everywhere in our lives, our churches, our jobs, our relationships, and everything. And that is the Lord. And so this last chapter is titled Our Guiding Light. And it attempts to bring everything back to the beginning. If you remember, if you were with us when we first started this series, the first chapter is Home is Where the Heart Is. And we talked about the significance of the Hebrew alphabet and how the Hebrew letter bet is like a door or a house with a door opened up and how it symbolizes God welcoming us into 
fellowship with him, God welcoming us into life with him. And we want to finish that thought process in our minds today by thinking about how the Lord spoke to the churches in Revelation when he said, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me, right? He will fellowship with us and we with him. We will be able to walk together, be together. That's important because the whole idea of the Hebrew alphabet and the whole idea of the letter bet in the beginning of creation, right, with the word Bereshit, right, which has the letter bet in it, connects us to God's purpose in creating us, God's purpose in creating everything in the universe so that we would have fellowship with him and that we would be able to walk together in that fellowship. But what happened? Sin changed everything. It changed everything so much so that God had to separate us from him because sin had tainted and distorted and corrupted the image. But then God set in motion, in his infinite love and wisdom, redemption. And we have experienced redemption. And that is still a message today that we can hold on to, that God offers redemption, God offers salvation, God offers a second chance, God offers another opportunity for us to put our faith in him. If we have breath in our lungs, the breath of life in us, we have an opportunity to profess faith in him. And so this message that was given to the churches is the same message that we hear today that the Lord is saying, I want to be in your life, that I created you for purpose, for fellowship. And if we allow him to be our guiding light, we will see his pattern of stability and his pattern of victory born out in our lives. And so I want to challenge you today with that thought. As we go through some of the topics that we've discussed, I want you to think in your mind. What does it look like for me to have God as my guiding light? What does it look like for, for me to let him lead me and guide me in every area of my life? So the beginning stages resulted in the home, right? God wanted to be in the very intimate, most core places of our lives. He didn't just want to be a sovereign Lord who reigned in heaven, but he wanted to be a part of our lives. That was the original purpose and plan, was to dwell with creation. And the heavens may declare his glory, and we still see his image all around us. But make no mistake about it, sin has created a chasm between us that only his blood can, can redeem and wash away and fill. And he's made that possible for us. And so if we profess faith in him, as many of you have, and we are living for him, then we have an opportunity to let him be our guiding light. But what that requires of us is not always pleasurable. Because <laughs> that requires total surrender. Right? It requires us to be able to, to let him come into our home, into our lives, into the most private places, and to let him be the Lord of our lives. That's what he desires, and that's what he created us to do. And so this whole concept of him being our guiding light and him leading us is us understanding the importance of a healthy home. We have to understand that it matters how we live for the Lord in our homes, not just outside of our homes and outside of our private circle but inside as well that every area of our lives matters that if we aren't making him the lord of our lives in these places then we are missing out on the opportunity for him to produce in us the fruit that comes with living a life that is committed to him and so it's important and we've done the studies to show how important it is and how families that connect to these truths 
and individuals who connect to these truths and make it a priority in their home to live for the Lord, that it changes everything. It changes everything in their lives. One of the things that it changes, if we begin to make it an important component in our lives, we begin to understand that God has created the home and created there to be a collaborative team effort, right? The chapter of the team greater than monarchy, right? There are roles and there are things in the house that matter, and they are put in place for a reason, for us to have stability and a healthy perspective. But ultimately, no matter if you are the father, the head, the mother, the, the sister, the uncle, the brother, the aunt, somebody who is a part, a roommate, anything, all of us have a unified reality that we need God. Right? That's the human condition. All of us need God. So whether somebody is, the, is leading your home, they need to be humble enough to surrender and submit to the Lord in their lives. And all of you have that same responsibility. It doesn't matter who it is, right? It can't just be the children or those that, are, that we are, have authority over that we, we tell them that they need to do this or do that. All of us need to work together to grow in the Lord and to let him lead us and guide us. Because one of the things that it does, if we understand that this is a team effort, now some of you may not have that. You may say, I don't have that support. I don't have that collaborative effort. I don't have that unity. That's something that I believe that if you continue to put in place the things that God has, has told us that we need to have in our lives, that we will begin to see culture change around us. We'll begin to see culture change in our homes and in our circles and everything around us if we continue to trust him. But one of the things that happens when we begin to develop the core necessities for a healthy home of working together and understanding the importance of thriving in the way that God wants us to thrive, we begin to prioritize things that are important, like spiritual development. You know, we prioritize a lot of things for our kids. We prioritize a lot of things for ourselves. We prioritize a lot of things for those that we're trying to help, right? Whether it's friends or, or, or spouses or, or children or, or anyone that we're trying to prioritize and help because we, we care about them. We prioritize all kinds of stuff. But the only thing that really matters is whether or not uh, we prioritize growing in our relationship with the Lord. It's the only thing that really matters. Now, we could have all of the accolades in the world. We could have all of the, the degrees, all of the, the resources, all of the incredible uh, achievements and, and accomplishments in this life. But if we don't have the Lord as our guiding light, then we are missing out on what it means to be fulfilled and what it means to live a committed, dedicated life in a life that brings him glory in a healthy way. And it comes down to what are we most committed to? What are we most committed to? Are we committed to growing in the Lord? What does that look like? We've talked about that, right? What does it look like for us to prioritize spiritual development in our home? It means we should not just pray to God when we have problems. We should pray to him because he's our Lord and he is a part of everything that we do. He's not just a part, but he's the source of everything that we have. All the power that dwells within us, the very breath in our lungs is because of him. And so we don't just go to him when we have a problem. That's not prioritizing spiritual development. That's treating God as if he's a genie or, or he's a sugar daddy. What does it mean to prioritize God in our homes? It's, it's, it's not just about praying. It's about being diligent and committed to do that. It's about reading our Bibles. What's the best way for us to make God's Word a priority in our home? Make sure God's Word is in your home. 
right? Make sure that you read it. Make sure that those around you are, are aware that that is a priority in your life. Not just something that we are saying with our mouths, but our actions do not speak of it. Our actions don't prove it, right? These things matter for us. And if we prioritize spiritual development in our home, even if we feel like we've missed opportunities, how many of you have missed opportunities? All of us have, right? Where we say, I really wish I'd have done this sooner. I really wish I would have devoted this time to this at this moment because I feel like it would have made a difference. You might be discouraged today or feeling down because you wish that you had taken this, these approaches sooner. You can't go back and fix that. We serve a gracious God who is faithful to continue to pour out his blessings in our lives. And here's what I want to encourage you with today. If today is a day or in the recent past you have started to dedicate your life to, to prioritizing spiritual development in your home and in your life, you may not have had that time where you can look back and see, but you have started doing it now. I want you to know that you will begin to see the hand of God move in your life, in your home. You will begin to see God move. You'll begin to see him break chains. You'll begin to see him break shackles. You'll begin to see him move in ways you've never seen him move before. It doesn't mean that if you didn't do it at this certain time that it's over. As long as there's breath in your lungs, as long as there is life in those that you are trying to influence, if you begin to prioritize God in your home, you begin to prioritize him growing in your life through doing the things that the, the disciples have always devoted themselves to doing, right, to the to the the apostles' teaching, to breaking bread, to the prayers, to fellowship, and them seeing a devotion to the Lord, it begins to change things. And then what happens when we begin to prioritize God in our homes? We begin to prioritize growing in him, right? Not just going to church, but being able to experience God in our homes as well, to have conversations and to pray and to let God lead us in our homes. What begins to happen is we begin to take on characteristics that would bring God glory and honor. Right, our homes begin to develop lifestyles where we treat others as you, we would want to be treated. Right, you see servanthood starting to take shape in a home now where people are beginning to, to trying to help others and trying to, to bless others and, and God getting glory out of the way that we serve one another. Because if a home is built on, on everybody thinking about themselves and everybody doing what they want and everybody being isolated because of their own interests, and us not being willing to help and, to power and empower and encourage and be there for other people, then we are missing out on a component of what a healthy home comprises because our homes are the first example of what an assembly looks like. Right? We talk about church assemblies and everybody needs to walk united and everybody needs to walk together. And everybody needs to be willing to, to do their part and to take, take whatever path that's been given to them and to, and to run with it. We have that same pattern in our home because it was first initially established in the home. And so how do you want to treat others? How should you treat others? You should treat them with an act of service. You should treat them with humility. And that's difficult at times for us because if we don't want to do that, we struggle with wanting to do that. Or we struggle with doing it, right? If we don't want to serve others, we don't want to to help be there for others, it becomes difficult at times. But if we are truly hungry about committing ourselves to prioritizing what the Lord has given us, we will have these opportunities. But here's the biggest hurdle. The biggest hurdle for all of us in prioritizing spiritual development and working together as a team and trying to serve one another and understanding the importance of developing 
a home lifestyle relationship with the Lord is consistency. Right? How many of us say with our mouths sometimes, Lord, I'm, I'm committed to you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to walk. I'm never going to waver. Right? We're like Peter. Lord, everybody's going to turn from you, but I'll never do it. Sometimes we have those feelings, right? And all of us have fallen short at times of the truth that God has given us and of the way that we know we're supposed to walk. But consistency matters. If we're going to prioritize spiritual development in our home, we can't just do it because we're not prioritizing it then. Right? We're not prioritizing if we say, you know what? The Lord is the Lord of this house. But, you know, sometimes it's okay for you to do whatever you want to do. You're not actually prioritizing the Lord in your home. He just becomes a part of your home. And you only, get, you only allow him certain segments of your home. But that's not what he was inviting the churches to do in Revelation. He said, if you, I knock on the door. If you open up, I'll come in. I'll break bread with you. I'll be with you. That was always been his desire. And there are benefits to that. There are benefits to that that we will see borne out if we are consistent to do it. Here's a truth that is... I've yet to find uh, anything contrary to this. An individual or a family, a group of family members, committing themselves to the Lord, dedicating themselves to, to walking with him, to prioritizing him in their lives, to living in a way that brings him glory and honor, working to serve one another, working to, to be together in doing this and coming together as one with Christ and one with each other. I've never seen individuals and families who have done that who look back at their life and say, my life is a wreck. My life is a disaster. It's full of chaos. My family's a wreck. They don't talk to each other. My kids are a nightmare. I wish I hadn't committed myself to the Lord. I wish I'd have committed myself to doing whatever was right in my own eyes. I wish I'd have committed myself to doing whatever felt natural. No, that makes no sense to hear somebody say that because that's not real, right? What is sadly the case oftentimes is when we look back at our lives and we see things that we know don't bring God glory and honor, it's usually a result of us not being consistent in developing a stable life committed to him. That's hard. I'm not trying to hurt anybody today. Remember, I said that even if you've made mistakes in the past, today can be a day where we choose to live for the Lord where we choose to commit to him, or we reaffirm today, Lord, you know what? I haven't always done what you told me to do. I haven't always raised or lived or operated the way I needed to operate, Lord, but today I can, I'm committing to you. I'm going to do that. And although the road may be hard at times because of habits that have been formed, it doesn't mean that God can't break those chains, that God can't bring freedom, that God can't bring stability. Because the thing about consistency and stability is that it requires us to do things that sometimes we don't want to do. And if we make the mistake of relegating our relationship with God and equating it to whether or not we wash the car today or whether or not we, we cut our grass today or whether or not we, we you know, go shopping today or whether or not we watch this program or that program, right? Because we all have choices in life, right? And we have a choice whether or not we're going to live for the Lord or not, but the consequences are far greater if we inconsistently live for the Lord than whether or not we wash our silly car, right? Whether or not we cut our grass. Because what we're dealing with when it comes to committing ourselves to the Lord has eternal consequences. And not just for ourselves, but those around us. 
And so that means if I get up in the morning and I know that I need to do things in a certain way to bring God glory and honor, I have to fight through my flesh at times because I don't want to do it. And there are times in our lives where we see examples of that. You know, as a child, I remember seeing uh, individuals get up and go to work every morning and it seemed like no matter what happened, they were, they were doing what they had to do. And I, I remember seeing a resiliency there and a commitment there that certainly wasn't because they enjoyed it, but they understood that there was a responsibility that they were given to provide for their families, to be faithful and committed to what they were doing. And that stability produced in them in a professional setting success, progress, Right, employers don't look for somebody who says, you know what, if you're telling me I have to come to work every day and I have to work all the hours that you require of me to work, I'm not feeling that. Because some days I just want to chill, man. You understand, everybody has those days. Most employers are going to say, thank you for your time, bye-bye. Right? Why do we take advantage of the grace of God so much if it matters so much more whether we're committed to him or not? God could care less if we have a job or not. He cares about are we committed to him. Now, God wants us to provide or to be faithful and be good stewards of what he's given us. I'm not saying that uh, we shouldn't go and, and try to get a job. What I'm saying is, is if God were to put it on a pecking order, what he cares most about he wants us to be committed to him more than he wants us to, to do anything else. But here's the thing about those other things. If they're in the proper perspective, our jobs become in a way of us glorifying God. Our homes become the way of us glorifying God. Our, our, what we do recreationally becomes a way of us glorifying God because he is the most important thing in our lives. He always does that, right? So, but times it acquires things that we don't want to do. Sometimes we don't want to stay committed to him. Sometimes we, we want to do our own thing. And so the key to stability in our lives is consistency. Am I praying? Am I seeking? Am I living? Am I devoting? Am I committing myself to him regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how I feel because I know it's right and I know it's good? Or am I letting circumstances and things change? We can't go back and fix the past, but we can stop the future from repeating itself, right? history from repeating itself. So what do we do if we know what God wants us to do? We know what God's calling us to do. We know what would make our lives become more stable. What would make our lives become more, uh, have a firmer foundation at our core. We got to take what we know God wants us to do, where he wants us to be, and we got to start walking in that. And that requires us setting some goals setting some goals. You ever know what God wants you to do, right? You look at your life and you say, I know things are a little rough right now. I know things are a little crazy. Things are out of control. And I'm trying to get a handle on things. I'm trying to get some things together. Putting things in place and setting goals, knowing where God wants you to be and begin to work towards that is an important component to us developing a legacy and us providing uh, a space for our families and our friends and those in our lives to grow because we know this is where God wants us to be. And so, you know, for some people, it might be something as practical as, you know what? I was talking to somebody in the 9 o'clock service that, that 
Lord's really moving in their lives, and, and they were sharing some transparent moments, and they said things to me that were indicative of somebody who's really trying to connect to the Lord, but, but sometimes even for us who have been with the Lord for a long time, we kind of grow weary in this, but they said, you know what? I started reading my Bible, and there's one thing that the Bible, I read in the Bible, and it said, it said I should get baptized, and so I think I'm going to get baptized, and I said, that's amazing. You read the Bible, and the Bible said something to you that you thought was good. You should do that more. <laughs> Something as simple as, you know what, we don't always read the Bible together as a family. We don't really talk about things with God. Maybe we start doing that. It might seem awkward at first. But then it starts to develop a habit. Or maybe we pray together, right, not just before meals or at night or throughout the day. Let God be a part of our lives. That might be awkward at times, but it starts to build a pattern of we're living for the Lord. And he's a part of everything we do. That's an important component. So if you aren't there yet and you, you see instability, you see inconsistency in your life, and you know that God wants more for you than that, I'm telling you, the pattern that we need to start putting in our lives is making God a priority and letting him be our guiding light. Don't let anything else in this world keep us from focusing and fixing our eyes on him, right? That's what the word says, that he is the author and finisher of our faith, right? So in the beginning, he's there with the door open, saying, I want to be a part of your life. I created you for fellowship. In the end, we see him saying, open the door. Let me come back in. See, the reason why life is messed up is because we've shut the door on God in so many areas of our lives and so many areas of our institutions. But if we open the door back up and let him come back in, you'll begin to see stability. You'll begin to see consistency. You'll begin to see all the chaos start to diminish. And you can see it. There are, there are people who have committed themselves to the Lord, whose lives aren't perfect, and by far have, they've missed the mark in so many ways. But one thing you see is you see a heart committed to live for the Lord. And you see a legacy being passed down because of a commitment to live for the Lord. We can't just expect people to, to do that. We've got to show them why it's important. We can't just expect everyone around us to go, well, man, I brought them to church. I... They know that we were, we're Christians, and no, they have to see God moving in your life. They have to see his hand at work so that they know that it's real. It's not just something that they, they hear, but they know it. And that's a challenge for all of us today. And so I want to take a few moments this morning as we get ready to come down here and take communion. And I want us to think about a few questions so if you could just take a few, take, take a minute with me and let's, let's ponder these thoughts. I want you to ask a question in your heart today. Lord, am I committing everything in my life to you? Lord, if there are areas in my life that I haven't, what would my life look like if I began to commit it to you? Lord, I know where you want me to go, but what steps do I need to take in order to take myself and my family and the circle of friends that are a family to me? How do I, how do I help guide and open up an opportunity for you to come in and be the Lord of our homes? Lord, how can I, how can I do that today? These are the questions I want us to think about. Lord, have I, am I allowing you to be my guiding light in every decision I make, regardless of my feelings, regardless of my 
circumstances? Am I selecting based on circumstances or am I walking in the enduring, unchanging, eternal words that you have given to me to guide my life? Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Am I committed to you today to live in every area of my life in a way that brings you glory and honor? I want us to think about that for a moment because I'm sure when we begin to think about life, for some of us, we begin to quickly be reminded of all the things that we've done and all the things that we have missed out on. And we quickly begin to uh, reflect on all of our failures, reflect on all of our times where we have fallen short, we've missed a mark. But I want to pray with you today that the Lord would continue to encourage you. Lord, you know our hearts. There are no secrets. All desires are known. Every single one of us, Lord, can't hide from you. But yet in your incredible love and your incredible goodness, you still remain faithful to us. And so we pray today, God, that you would cleanse the thoughts that are in our brains, Lord, in our minds. By the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, God, that we would continue to grow in you today. We would continue to commit our lives to living for you. Because, Lord, we believe that you are faithful to forgive those who come to you and ask for forgiveness. And you continue to produce your life in them. Lord, we thank you for that today. We thank you that you are faithful to move in our lives, that you are faithful uh, to, to walk with us through all the struggles, Lord, which is why we can put our faith in you today. It's why we can come to you and repent and confess that at times we've missed the mark. At times we have done things we shouldn't do or we haven't done things that we know that we should. That we've not been loving towards you and we've certainly not been loving to those that you have placed in our lives that you have not gotten glory in moments, Lord, and we sincerely repent today for that. We know at times we've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not been committed to you like we should have been, but you've been faithful to us, and you continue to have mercy on us. And Lord, we thank you today that in your great mercies you continue to offer us forgiveness. And so, Lord, we may have missed a mark many times, but we're thankful that we have an opportunity today to commit ourselves to you, to humble ourselves, and to seek you, knowing that you are faithful to forgive us, Lord. And so, God, we pray today that as we reflect on that, that we not only recognize that you have forgiven us, but you have yet again made a way for us to come and to share a meal with you. That you have made a way for us to be sustained by the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation. Not just in this life, Lord, but in eternity because of Jesus. Lord, may we not reflect uh, ignorantly 
on all the grace and all the times you've shown yourself strong in our lives. May we acknowledge today that you are our only source and our only hope in times of trouble. You are only the only one that will give us the stability to continue to build our lives on you. And so, Lord, I pray today against all weariness, all anxiety. Lord, every spirit of fear that wells up inside of us because of uncertainty. Lord, you never designed us to know everything, but you made a way for us to walk with you in your omniscience and to build our lives on you, knowing that you will work things out, that if we put our faith in you, God, that you will be with us. You will lead us and guide us through every hardship, every struggle, every affliction, because you never promised us that we weren't going to have hardships. Your rest that you promised us was to be at peace with you and to dwell with you. That's the way the world was created, and that is what you are trying to get it back to and what you promised to restore. And so we thank you today for a glimpse of being able to come into your presence, a glimpse to be able to worship you and to feel the not only the praises of your people here, God, but to know that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That as the communion of saints are alive in this place and in heaven, Lord, that we are not alone today. And that we've been given an opportunity to continue to live for you. So God, we thank you today that you have made it possible for us to do that. We thank you that you have been faithful to us. We thank you for these gifts and these opportunities to give you thanks. But we pray today that as we reflect on these truths that we would be as your disciples were in recognition that you are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Lord, none of us deserve to come down to your table. But because of your incredible love and grace, you've made it possible for us to do that. Lord, none of us deserve a second chance, but you have made it possible because you stand at the door and knock. Just as much as you were trying to get those churches to realize in their time of trouble and torment, they needed to cling to you, Lord. May we also be reminded today that you've made a way for us to open the door and to come in and to be the Lord of our lives, to be our guiding light. And so we thank you today for your sustaining power that sustains us in this life and for our hope of everlasting life and eternity because of Christ, our sacrifice, our King, our Lord. So we pray today that you be present today with us as you were the night you broke bread with your disciples and be present in our worship today and our gatherings today and be present in every word that is spoken today and may we be encouraged and rejuvenated today because of your broken body and shed blood may we walk in victory today because of you you are the victor we love you lord amen can we come
And let's partake of these elements together as you are ready. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you, guys. Take care.